legalizefreedom.com. Why are we here? Where do we come from? Where are we going? From the nature of reality to the future of humanity. Listen without limits. Unchain your brain. Change your thinking. Change your life. LegalizeFreedom.com Greetings and welcome once again to LegalizeFreedom.com. I'm your host Greg Moffat and my guest today is Jeremy Smith who joins us to discuss the psychological and spiritual dimensions of the coronavirus crisis. Any attempt to truly understand the COVID-19 pandemic from a purely materialistic standpoint will inevitably fail. The strictly scientific lens through which most of us view our current predicament says nothing about the psycho-spiritual aspects which hold the key to what is really happening. Whatever the origins of the virus, however, the global response to it represents an assault on social fabric, civil liberties, and on consciousness itself. It is just one front of a multifaceted attack on human beings and all life on Earth that we are living through. Is it possible that something much deeper, darker, and more profound than we dare imagine is unfolding? The time when human progress was made possible through the constant refinement of physical forces is already over. In the future, mankind will progress, but only through spiritual development. Are we even capable of learning the lesson that is now being taught? Hello and welcome, Jeremy, and thank you so much for joining us today on LegalizeFreedom.com. Thank you. Great pleasure to be with you. Now, Jeremy, this is a slightly unusual coming together, you and I talking today, because normally I interview people who've got very obvious media profiles, and usually they're authors. But I discovered your blog because um, before Christmas, I my attention was drawn to a book by a German author, Judith von Halle. Her book, um, the I think the, the title is The Coronavirus pandemic anthroposophical perspectives but I, I was looking for different ways of looking at the the, the crisis we currently find ourselves in yes. because i've done a few shows uh basically discussing the idea that if we are trying to understand what's happening at the minute with the pandemic and the fallout from that in purely materialist terms we are going to struggle because so much of it doesn't make any sense uh, and it was through uh, searching for more information about her book, which I subsequently bought and read, I discovered your blog. And that's why we're here today. Uh, because I, I was wanting to speak to someone about this angle. Now, I mentioned anthroposophy, and that is not the subject of our talk. It just so happens that's where you're coming from in terms of, you know, your, your, your outlook, uh, on Correct. life, yeah. life of the universe and everything. But for anybody who doesn't know anything about it, so this is basically the, the work of Rudolf Steiner. You don't have to have any grounding whatsoever in any of that uh, to listen to our talk today. It just so happens, I say, that's your perspective, and that's what uh, Judas was in, in the writing of her book. But before we dive into our discussion, um, tell people, uh, I'll, I'll do this again at the end, but uh, tell people uh, where they can find your blog, and maybe just say a word about your, you know, your work, just a, a little bit of a personal bio. 
Okay, thank you. Well, my blog is called Anthropopper, and uh, just put Anthropopper into Google or any other search engine, and Anthropopper will come up. I've been writing it since August 2014, and really I started it because I find anthroposophy gives me a great deal in understanding what it is to be a human being. And I thought this might be of interest to a few other people as well. So the blog is really my opportunity to explore anthroposophy and what it means to me and to share some of that with other people in the hope that they also might find it helpful. My background is uh, in education. I've worked in education for many years. Um, I now work actually in, in social care. I'm the care manager of a small uh, residential home for adults with learning disabilities. And uh, that is based on a biodynamic farm. Tablehurst Farm in East Sussex. And Tablehurst Farm was based on anthroposophy because one of the things that Rudolf Steiner brought through in his multifarious activities was um, a concept known as biodynamics, which I suppose could be briefly described as a kind of uh, super organics. Um, we can talk more about that later if there's, if there's time. But um, my perspective is someone who believes that as a human being, I'm not just a here in my physical body, but I'm, I'm also a spiritual being as well. And it's the spiritual side and the physical side that make up the two aspects of what it is to be human being. Now, when all of this began to unfold, of course, it was the... Uh, towards the end of 2019, when the first rumblings of this virus appeared in China and then early in 2020 um, began to make its way around the world, even in January and February, I remember well, uh, most of us were still blissfully going about our business as if nothing really was going on. We were aware that this thing was happening in China, but we didn't think that what has happened subsequently would ever really be possible. And... In March, I remember clearly, it was March the 23rd, I think. Or maybe it was Lockdown, yes. Yeah, exactly. And that's really when it hit home, I think, for us here in the UK. And obviously that had been happening at different stages around the world. But in all of this, at what point uh, did you, or was this immediate for you that you began to think, hang on a minute, what's going on here? I, because I, I'm aware that with your outlook, you know, you may apply the perspective that you just explained to us to to every aspect of life, you may see everything like that. But I'm just wondering if there was a point that you started to take particular interest in what was going on, seeing it as something that was way more than it appeared to be on the surface. Well, my wife and I both got ill in February with what in retrospect seems to us to have been COVID-19. So at that time, we didn't know what it was, but, you know, it was... It was uncomfortable, and as soon as you felt you were getting better, it came back again for another bite at you. So I, I rather suspect that that's what we had. Um, but I didn't really start paying serious attention to this until Easter last year, when there were two aspects to this pandemic. 
The first was that um, it was wonderful to see clear blue skies, to be able to hear nature much more clearly, to be able to think that pollution was uh, reducing. There were those wonderful photos taken over China by the USA showing massive differences in, in the air quality over China. And so the pandemic at first had some quite positive aspects. Also, we noticed people were kind to one another. You know, neighbours would help out. If someone was ill or disabled, you would perhaps make some food for them and take it round to them. So there were some very positive aspects of the pandemic. But the other thing I noticed, which was not quite so positive, was that all our civil liberties were taken away from us more or less overnight. And one thing that really struck me at Easter time was that the churches were closed. And so when Jesus Christ said, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I also, that couldn't happen. And I thought to myself, now what kind of interests would find it to their own advantage for such a situation to develop? And so I began to look into it in quite a lot of detail, began looking around for what those causes might be. The, the bottom line here, the background to this, which is one that has um, I mentioned to you off air that I'd done a series of shows dealing with the psycho-spiritual, let's call it that, dimensions of this crisis. The bottom line is that a purely scientific approach uh, will not give us the complete picture of what's going on. No, it and, won't. And of course, we, you know, we, we live in these post-everything times and we've had 150 years of hardcore materialism, you know, Darwinian evolution and five-sense reality is all that there is. And people are absolutely steeped in that, even though, of course, there are great swathes of the world that don't see life and reality that way but again to look at the the popular culture and you know and to look at the media and whatnot and and politics and economics and environmentalism everything else it's all coming from that hardcore materialist point of view and uh, the fact that it doesn't really satisfy us as human beings doesn't seem to make any difference but it's this ignorance of the spiritual context I th i'm not sure if those are exact words from one of your blog posts or not but that certainly came across across in uh, in judith von Haller's book that is one of the reasons why we're struggling so much with this because it's, and I think increasing numbers of people are sort of waking up to this, that there seems to be more going on here than, than there seems to be on the surface, but they don't have the tools to begin to, to, to grapple with that, if you see what I mean. Because if what you see and what you can touch and what you can feel and what you can smell and taste is all there is, then of course you're going to, you're going to come up at a, a dead end, you know, a blank when you're trying to grasp what you, what your sixth sense, which a lot of people deny that they have, but what something, you know, telling you that there's something else going on here. Yes. I think that one of the, one of the things that's mo most noticeable about this pandemic is that there are pundits everywhere talking about it, but no one actually knows anything very much. And, um, why is it that no one actually knows anything that really gets to the heart of the matter? And I think the reason is because we are not equipped to learn the lesson that is being taught. And we cannot learn the lesson 
because of our head-centered materialist culture, which does not believe in the existence of the realm where the pandemic is coming from, which is actually the non-material or spiritual world. And um, you mentioned Judith von Haller. She has a particular ability to do what one might call spiritual scientific research. And there are very few people who have so developed their intuitive faculties that they can do that kind of work. So when I, when I found out about her book, I really wanted to read it because it seemed to me that here was something that gave us a completely worthwhile perspective on what was happening. So that was why I wanted to, to write about it on my blog. What um, feedback have you had? Now, I noticed that you've got quite an active community there on your blog. You know, your, your, most of your posts that I've read, I've got, uh, I've got many comments. But so, so this is a two-pronged question, really. What sort of feedback have you had about your thoughts on what's happening via your blog? But also, I don't know to what extent you've taken your view and, you know, extolled it in, in daily life, because certainly it's, it's the thing that everyone's talking about. Well, I get uh, quite a lot of comments on my blog. Um, I think that particular post must have had at least 100 comments by now. And they're not all from anthroposophists. Um, I do get some people, not so much as I used to in the past, but some people who really think that I'm talking absolute nonsense. And... um, Those who take a a strictly materialist view of the situation uh, really get very angry about what I'm saying. But but my view is that unless we understand the other half of what it is to be a human being, which is the spiritual side, we're really not going to get very far with this. Because, all right, let's develop the vaccines that will help to get us over this particular problem. But what have we actually done by developing these vaccines? Have we dealt with the causes of the pandemic? I don't think we have, um, because the causes of the pandemic lie in the way we have behaved as human beings during this last 150 years that you described as being the height of the materialist view of things. And... All the problems that we're facing in the world now, whether it's climate change, whether it's the the sixth great extinction, all the things that we know we're facing, none of this, it seems to me, can really be explained entirely in materialist terms. So what I think we're dealing with is the result of collective human karma. Um, so that's that's a concept that some people will find complete nonsense. I understand. Yes, and there there's certainly been in the absence of real insight, there has been a, a, certainly a lot of noise around all of this, hasn't there? I mean, the I made a, a decision actually. I remember when it was. It was the seventeenth of March, St Patrick's Day, by coincidence. And I, I could see what was coming in terms of media coverage of this. And prior to that, I had been someone who paid attention to mainstream media because I felt that as much as I was critical of it, 
and its limitations and its distortion and its use as basically a propaganda arm. Um, I wanted to know and keep up with uh, what people that I would encounter in daily life were being told. You know, so I would say, oh, yeah, I'm aware of what the BBC, for example, has been reporting this week. So therefore, I'm aware of what you, not you personally, but, you know, anybody I might talk to, what that's probably been exposed to. So therefore, if, if someone I spoke to mentioned something that happened in the media, I'd say, yeah, I heard about that. So, But again, I could see the direction of travel and there's always a rush to judgment and a rush to premature action action when it comes to this sort of crisis. But it's been off the charts extraordinary in response to the pandemic. And I, like, as you did, we lived through 9-11 and that was one of the biggest, you know, like world-changing events that anybody alive today will ever have experienced. But the media response to what's been going on has been, let's just say it's caught my attention, even though, again, I, I stopped uh, paying very close attention to it. But in second and third hand reports that I've seen and heard, even the media response has told me that something else is going on. And th- I was questioning the impar- impartiality, for example, of mainstream media for, for years. But the levels of, it's been so unhelpful. It's been actually adding to the problem um, in terms of the psychological impact on people. I, I cannot even imagine what it must be like to be, and there are millions of people doing this, someone who tunes into media first thing in the morning to find out what the latest episode in this disaster is and goes to bed having just done the same thing. I can't imagine what that must be like. The, the assault on the senses, on the emotions, on the intellect. I, I, I can't even comprehend how anyone could live like that. Well, I think this is really what I wanted to, in my very small way, try to counteract because people do not have the conceptual tools with which to deal with this situation. And from my perspective, anthroposophy gives you uh, a larger perspective so that you can see what's going on. Um, So Judith von Haller, who you've mentioned already, has a view that what is happening is a result of many years of materialism, and many years of abuse of humans by by themselves, their abuse of, of the natural world, etc., etc., and that this has built up a karma which is now having to be compensated for. Now, the, the pandemic is coming to us from we don't know quite where. They still haven't established whether it came from Wuhan or whether it's caused by bats or pangolins, or whatever. But whatever the the initial cause, there is something else that's going on behind it. And that is this compensation effect that needs to take place. And it's, it's something that affects all of us. It's not just individuals and individual karma. It's actually the karma of humanity. We're all part of this together. And so... It's going to take us to actually change our ways if we wish to avoid future pandemics, because it's quite certain that if we carry on in the way that some politicians are calling us for us to get back to normal, if we just carry on as we were before, 
we're going to get more and worse pandemics in the future. And in fact, Judith von Haller suggests that the next pandemic will actually be something that affects our heart. So I very much hope we don't have to go there. But who knows? One other thing about this COVID-19 and this virus that's causing the disease is that it itself is, how should we put it, behaving strangely. Uh, we A lot of people have likened it to flu. There, there are many similarities. But even the virus itself is flagging up that there's something else going on here because of its just the, the oddness of it all. And the fact that you mentioned a few minutes ago about people having so little uh, real knowledge about it, and that extends right through to the so-called experts you yes. know, who have got you know actually very little to say about it. So, again, that's another... Uh, if you were a detective coming in cold to investigate this from the outside, you would be look, you'd be looking at the sort of pattern of behaviour, even of the virus itself, and just yes. saying that is that is highly unusual. Yes. Well, I don't think this virus is so unusual in that it keeps mutating. I mean, we we see the flu virus mutating every year, which is why I always think the flu vaccine is uh, is pretty pointless. Because unless the doctors have guessed which mutant strain of flu is going to come round next winter correctly, they will be injecting for something that is no use for the strain that actually does emerge. Um, so we're already seeing with COVID, we, we started off last March with one particular strain. We've now got this strain that is called the Kent strain. There's another one coming from South Africa. There's another one coming from Brazil each of them supposedly more infectious than the last. So um, whether the vaccines that have been developed will deal effectively with all of them, we don't yet know. But the point is, why are we getting these infections? Why are we getting this virus right now? And um, if we just try and deal with it as, a, as an emergency that needs to be sorted and then we'll be able to move on and get back to normal... I'm afraid that's not going to meet the needs. Another dimension to this, which I found very curious, and you can say that this this can apply to illness and indeed wellness in general, is that the fact that as as beings that we are more than purely physical is kind of betrayed in the way that people can become ill. They can think themselves ill. They can think themselves well. Um, I did a show recently where we talked a lot about the placebo effect, which, yes. um, you know, a lot of uh, medical professionals even will dismiss as kind of, oh, well, it's nothing. Well, it's actually vast if you think about it because it, 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 yes. sh it shows there's a mind body connection. So, and I know that Judith touched upon this in her book in terms of like, if it was purely, this is a highly infectious disease, COVID-19, and there are, there's ways that it's transmitted. And of course, we know that if you've got um, underlying health conditions or if you're, you know, very obese, for example, or you've, or you've got asthma or something, there's all sorts of things that can affect how likely or unlikely you are to pick up something that's going around. Let's put it like that. But she really gets into the question, which is very uncomfortable for a lot of people, as to, you know, why some people appear to be. I mean, some people are just going about their daily lives bang, they're struck down by this, as the a lot of people are by flu and cancer and heart disease. Yes. And, you know, and, and uh, there, there may not be obvious lifestyle factors that are at play. 
But on this with COVID-19, yet again, there's another pattern that's erratic and it seems to be suggesting something else because there's a, it seems to be, to me anyway, a dimension at play that's not purely, again, on the physical plane in terms of people falling ill, people not falling ill, because some people seem to be extremely susceptible. There are other people blazing a trail through all of this who appear to be completely impervious yes. to it. So, yeah, it's just another, again, another piece of evidence that um, a detective would say, hmm, that's odd. Well, it it is odd, and I find it very difficult to understand why um, there are so many different conspiracy theories going on um, because it's actually so unhelpful to have all these conspiracy theories and the, ki- the kind of information that, that is propagated um, I've recently been sent as I'm sure you have all kinds of links to YouTube videos none of which I find particularly helpful and um, many of which are counteracted by other people who say, ah, yes, but such and such a a view is being propagated by the far right, etc., etc. You get all this kind of thing going on. And and to me, it's, it's actually quite a simple situation. Humanity has built up bad karma for itself. Humanity is now having to compensate for that karma. And uh, in Rudolf Steiner's particular way of looking at things, it's not just through pandemics that this karmic redistribution is is dealt with. We also see um, violent weather events, earthquakes, volcanoes, that kind of thing. These are also linked with what is happening in human consciousness. So for me, it's the primacy of human consciousness which really is the key to what's going on. And um, until humans start to recognize that, I don't think we're going to find any long-term solutions. No, the um, I don't know if you're aware of a book. Um, again, I'm, I'm, I might be got one or two words wrong in the title. Basically, it's The Individual and the Nature of Mass Events. This is a book that came out in 1979, and was put together in a couple of years prior to that. Um, but that's something, again, that was drawn to my attention. I've been reading that, and it's extremely interesting. The first couple of chapters deal with, uh, they, in the book they refer to epidemics, but of course, you know, we have something, we have a pandemic on our hands now. But it's very, very interesting. If you haven't read it, and, and if, if listeners haven't seen it, I'd recommend that people take a look at it. I've not read it, but I would love to. That sounds really interesting. The book is apparently channeled, and it's part of a series of books. Um, the the entity that the the lady Jane, whatever her second name is, is channeled as an entity called Seth. That's the name she gives. Ah, um, uh, yes, yes. Yeah, so it's a part of a series of books. And a lot of people, of course, will dismiss it for that reason. I'm only mentioning this for informational purposes. You know, if people are trying to find the book. The bottom line is, forget the fact that it's supposedly channeled. That doesn't matter. It's what does what do the words on the page say? And one of the most interesting things that I gleaned from those first couple of chapters were the idea or was the idea that in an epidemic pandemic that there's a certain portion of humanity that want to die 
Now, this is just sounds, I can imagine people recoiling just at those very words. What the book is trying to say is that basically no uh, human soul ever just dies, that we get that every incarnation reaches a point when it's time to go, whether, you know, consciously or unconsciously. And uh, say in the book, uh, the, the question is tackled as well, if you have some kind of mass situation like this, uh, they also address natural uh, disasters. You mentioned, you know, earthquakes and, and, and volcanoes and whatnot, tsunamis, all of that. Mapping that onto today, this book would basically say at some point when so many people have, have reached a point, again, maybe unconsciously, where they, they don't want to go on anymore because we're, what point have we reached? And you've alluded to this several times in terms of our existence here. What level of meaninglessness and hopelessness and pointlessness have we reached where a lot of people at some level in their psyche have gone, I just don't want to do this anymore? Yes. Well, that's obviously a, a real factor. Um, I mean, in, in Steiner and his Anthroposophy, there is um, a concept which, which I have found very useful, which is the, uh, the nature of evil. And Steiner talks about two polarities of evil. He doesn't just say things are good or bad. He talks about a duality with what he calls Lucifer on one side and Ariman on the other. And Christ is in the middle holding the balance between these two polarities. And it's always the return to the middle where you have the uh, the safe place of balance, the place that is where you can really deal with these two dualities. So at the moment in this world, we're dealing with climate change, war, extinction of species, genocide, materialism, racism, human degradation, pollution, terrorism, the polarization of society, the undermining of democracy, fake news, post-truth, it goes on and on and on. We've, we've reached a situation where we have to change because this cannot continue. We are poisoning all aspects of our life and our being. So I think that's really what the pandemic is about, that um, we now have to change direction. We have to change our ways of being. And ideally, we have to change and enlarge our understanding of why this is so bad for us and why it doesn't fit in with how humans are supposed to be evolving. Um, so Steiner has these two aspects that he calls Lucifer and Ariman. Um, he also thinks of them not just as, as uh, aspects of evil, but as actual beings. And he said that what is happening in this current millennium is that there will be an incarnation of Ariman sometime before the first third of the millennium has, has gone. And this is going to be a very terrible time for human beings. Um, he contrasts the incarnation of Ariman with the incarnation of Lucifer, which took place in about 3000 BC, 
in China. Um, we think that this was the Yellow Emperor, the, the man who created the uh, Terracotta Army. Then in the middle you had the Incarnation of Christ 2,000 years ago, and now we're facing what is imminent, the Incarnation of our Imam, which is why we're getting all these precursor events, if you like, all the bad things that are, have been happening to us during the 20th century and which are intensifying in the present century. So I, I find this um, quite helpful in trying to understand why we're experiencing all this. And of course, I realize that many people will think it's all just a fairy tale. But I think because our situation is so dark and because our times are so dangerous, let us think things that may have been intellectually uh, infradig. Let us think things that really enable us to get some kind of grasp on what is happening now. That concludes part one of our interview. Part two will be available soon in the subscribers area at legalizefreedom.com. Legalizefreedom.com.